Welcome to the New Grace Sermon Podcast. Our church exists so people experience new life in Christ. We invite you to connect with us on social media at newgrace.cc on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about us or to support this ministry financially, visit us at newgrace.cc. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Derek. Thank you for joining me this Sunday morning. This is a special time right now at New Grace. In fact, if you're watching this more than likely, uh, you know what's happening. You know what's going on right now, what God is in the middle of doing for our church. We're so excited about that. We're actually moving. We're going to our new location in Baldwin, Georgia. And right now, while you're actually watching this broadcast on social media, we're doing a first look for our volunteers at the new property and getting everything ready for the next few weeks. And we're very, very excited. We're very optimistic. and We got big expectations for what God's going to do when we launch there and have our first gathering in just a few weeks. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to bring you a word because we're not going to be meeting at our usual time and location at Southside Church. So instead, right here, we're going to jump into the word and I've got a sermon. I've got a quick message that I want to give you. And it kind of fits the context and it kind of fits the setting right now for all of us, you know. Uh, as a church family, we're following God uh, to a new location. We're following God through a change and a transitionary period. And, you know, we've used that word transition a lot over the last few years because our church has experienced so much of that. And you may be watching and worshiping with me this morning and you know what, you've never been to New Grace, you're not a part of our church. That doesn't mean that this doesn't apply to you. You may be very familiar with transition and change and uh, having to follow God into uncharted or unknown situations or circumstances. So I wanna try to encourage everyone today with an idea of what it means to really follow God. And you know, you can't, you can't talk about following God in our faith or our belief, trusting on God. You know, the Bible says, Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And you know, we, we write that down somewhere where we can see it. You know, people get tattoos with it. People get shirts with it. People get bumper stickers with it. People memorize it, they quote it, they use it, they apply it and they say it. But you can't even really have that. And you can't have the idea of living by faith unless you really go back to the foundational place of what it means to be a follower of God. You know, the idea of being a Christian is a term that has been around for centuries. In fact, about 1,976 to 1,978 years ago, the term Christian was first coined in Antioch. People looked at believers and disciples and they called them Christians, meaning Christ-like. They're, they're Christ people. Uh, they are Christ followers. And that term has been around for a long, long time. And you know what? We've, we've actually become now here in the 21st century so far removed from the origin and the meaning of what a Christian really is. It's kind of part of our loose language here in America. And we say that we're a Christian nation. But you know, when you watch the news or you really stick your head into social media, you start looking around the world and society, it's really hard to say that our nation is a Christ-like nation. And so 
If you want to understand what Christianity really is, if you want to understand what being a Christian really is, you kind of have to go back to where the original and initial invitation by Christ was given to his disciples. You know, it, it's interesting. My family and I are watching uh, a miniseries right now on Angel Network called The Chosen. And it's basically uh, a two season series where Christ is going to each one of his disciples before they became his disciples. And he's extending the invitation, follow me. Asking them to come, give up all that they have and all that they know, whatever their social status is, whatever their background is, whatever their career is, whatever their family situation, follow me. And it's a really cool show. We're watching it with our kids and it's really helping connect some of the dots, so to speak, of what Jesus meant and what it looked like for people when he said, follow me. I was thinking about the invitation Jesus gives in the Gospel of Luke chapter nine in verse 23. Jesus says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, watch this, take up his cross daily and follow me. What does it mean to you to follow Jesus? Well, people have a lot of versions and a lot of variations of what it means to be a Christ follower, what it means to follow God. Perhaps the best way to describe following Jesus in my mind would be the word commitment. I want you to think about this for a second. A commitment of faith and a commitment of your devotion to follow Jesus and his leading in your life. See, people have their own way of following him in their own level of commitment, but that doesn't necessarily make it the right way and it doesn't necessarily make it his way. We have all these different variations and versions of what it means to follow him. And over the years as a pastor and a Christian, experiencing some of this myself personally, I made a list of a couple of these versions of these Christ commitments that people have and what they think following Jesus is. And I think it's so far removed from what Jesus really meant in Luke 9, 23, when he said, take up your cross and follow me. The first one is called a crowd commitment. If you're taking notes with me this morning, I want you to write that down, a crowd commitment. A crowd commitment is basically someone who says, following Jesus is easier when, there's a, when there are others doing it too. As long as my friends are, as long as my family is, as long as I'm in a group and I'm in the, I'm in the bubble of a social circle, it's easier to follow Christ, but that's not what Jesus said. There's another one, not only uh, a crowd commitment, but there's a crisis commitment. A crisis commitment is where someone is following God out of necessity because their life is in a situation or a set of circumstances where they really need God right now. Well, Jesus never said that our commitment to him should be based on crisis or dire circumstances. In fact, we're all guilty of this. We want to get real close to God. We want to get back in church. We want to open up our Bible or get the app on our phone. When all of a sudden our situation where our life is in what we would consider a crisis. Now I need God. 
crowd commitments and crisis commitments. And then there's one of my favorites, which is a comfort commitment. And this is the idea that following Jesus is doable as long as it does not require too much of me. We want a cost-free commitment. We want it to be comfortable. We want it to check all of our boxes. We want it to meet all of our preferences. And don't, don't require, don't ask, don't demand too much of me. Is that really a commitment? If we're following Jesus just with other people and that's what makes it easy, is that commitment? If we're only running to find God when we find ourselves in a crisis, is that really commitment? And if we're just looking for it to be comfortable, having a pillow attached to the top of our cross, is that really a commitment? I think, ladies and gentlemen, in order to really know what a true commitment to follow Jesus looks like, we got to go back to what he said in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. If any man will follow me, let him deny himself, watch this, take up his cross daily and follow me. I think this is the real version of Christian commitment, and it's called a cross commitment. A cross commitment says so much. And when Jesus said this, not just to the initial audience, but to you and I, when he said, take up your cross and follow me, this says so much to us even here today. Think about this with me for a second as I close. A cross bearer would be someone viewed as guilty of a crime. If you were to carry a cross, you were viewed by all as someone who was guilty of a crime. Being a Christian and taking up your cross and following Jesus says to the world, I am guilty of loving him. I am guilty of following him. I am guilty to serving him, honoring him, worshiping him. I am guilty of being his. It identifies you with Christ. Here's another thought. Being a cross bearer would also be something that would bring a lot of exclusion and a lot of isolation to your life. People didn't want anything to do with someone who was carrying a cross. In fact, we even see this from the story of Christ unfolding in all four Gospels. When he carried that cross, people stayed away from him. The Bible says the disciples forsook him. Many of the people that were seeing his praises were also casting stones and kicking up dirt as he walked by. He was excluded and isolated from society. And you need to understand that a Christ-based cross commitment Sometimes it'll cause you and it'll require you to be dedicated to Christ, even if it's just you and him. You may be watching this and you know what it's like to live an isolated Christian life because your family rejects your faith. Your friends don't understand your faith. The people at work don't appreciate your faith and you feel like you're in it by yourself. I want to tell you something. You're not in it by yourself because you've got a God who's walking with you as you bear this cross. You're not in isolation and you're not being excluded because he's with you. And I want to give you encouragement. God's going to connect you to the people that also want to carry your cross with you. When you're a cross bearer, you're also sentenced to die. I want you to think about this with me. Someone bearing a cross was soon to face their own execution and their own death. This is what the cross speaks to us 
A, a cross speaks of dying to self. Did not Jesus prep us with that statement when he said, deny yourself and take up your cross? Because a cross is what puts it into you, your will, your want, your way, your desire, your dreams, your design, all of that stuff dies when you decide to make a cross commitment and follow Jesus. Lastly, a cross bearer would be someone who's just like Jesus, because this is what he did. He took up his cross and he gave his life and he died for us. When we take up our cross and we follow Jesus, we turn our back on our past. We turn away from the pleasures and the pull of the world. We're willing to step out by faith in our bold belief that Jesus is our Lord, our Savior. He's our way. He is our truth. And he is our only way to life. When we take that cross and we commit ourselves to follow him, come what may. Lord, what do you want from me? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to live my life? What are you doing in my church? What are you doing in my circle of faith? And how can I be obedient to you? How can I follow that? When you and I do that, yes, it brings death to our flesh, but it brings life to our spirit. He died for us so that we could live for him. This is the beautiful exchange of the cross. He picked up his in death and when we pick up ours ladies and gentlemen that is when we find life maybe you are at a crossroads in your commitment to God maybe maybe the spirit of God is dealing with you about your commitment being based on the crowd or a crisis or comfort and maybe God's trying to get you back to the original meaning of what it means to follow him. And that comes with taking up your cross and pledging your allegiance openly, publicly, and privately to Jesus and following him come what may. Our church right now is going where we've never gone before to do what we've never done before. And it's, it's going to require hundreds of people to take up their cross and follow Jesus because God has put them at new grace. God has begun to work miracles in their life. God has begun to let them experience a new life in his son. And they're going to have to make that commitment to follow him and follow his church. Maybe you need to evaluate and assess, God, what kind of commitment level do I have? And what am I willing to do to follow Jesus? Ask yourself this, am I following Jesus with the crowd? Do I only look to him and do I only need him when my life is in a crisis? Do I, only, do I only mold my life around what God's doing based on what's comfortable for me and what's convenient? Do, do I serve Jesus on what's good for me? Or am I all in? Am I all in with him? Not just faith saying I believe it, but does my life also model what I say I believe? Am I all in and following Christ with a cross commitment? I pray today that as the Holy Spirit takes this word and he plants it in your heart that you have to do some work with what God's told you. And I hope this invitation that Jesus extended to his disciples 2,000 years ago 
that we see unfolding throughout the book of Acts in the early church that has for centuries still been on the table despite what we've done to the word Christian, despite how loose we've used it, despite how we've abused it and we've misplaced it. The word Christian means to follow Christ and be like him. And that comes with your own cross. And that is a commitment that Jesus wants you to make. I pray that you find that courage, you find that strength, and you find that kind of dedication today. Thank you so much for joining me. God bless you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcatcher. New episodes are posted on Tuesdays.